0: All I we'll say good morning. Good morning. Sorry. Let us uh, let us begin. We have a first of all, good chodesh to everyone. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Kofiyodalud one fourteen, and we are picking up Emirat Hashem on the Gimel base one thirteen B, and we are picking up Hayed Rabbi which is two four six eight lines down from seriously eight lines up from the bottom. Sorry. Just give me one moment here. Eight lines are from the bottom. So I'll say the Gemara says as follows. Really beautiful, beautiful sukkah. Uh, sorry, just getting situated here. Okay. Hey, Rabbi Yochanan. So remember, again, just to reorient ourselves a little bit, Rabbi Yochanan said in the Mishnah, Ala she yotze beget. that hareshes, a woman who was deaf-mute, whose father married her off, so she has the ability to go ahead and... Leave a marriage through a get. Now, remember, again, we'll just, just to explain this case. This particular case is, this is a girl whose father is marrying her off. Therefore, again, it's kiddushay da'oraysa. And therefore, again, Rabbi Yochab ben says that should she and her husband choose to divorce, or should her husband choose to go ahead and divorce, divorce her, halach halamaysa, Ultimately, again, she gets divorced with a get. So, good. That was Rabbi Yochanan ben Good So it says the Gemara, based on the statement of Rabbi Yochanan ben Gudgedah, very interesting case. Let's say a man is divorcing his wife, and he says to the witnesses, see this get that I'm about to give to my wife. This is the get about to give to my wife. But what? But yet when he gives her the document, he says to her, Kinsi Shtar acquire this document of indebtedness. Acquire, acquire this, this loan document. So we'll say what's happening in this case. The husband is telling the Edim that this is a get. He's telling her this is a get. But when he gives it to her, he tells her, oh, this is a loan document. Okay, so she picks it up, thinking that it's a loan document. Surprise, it's a get. It's a get. So what's that? Huh? ultimately again, she is i.e. the get works even though when she received it at the end of the day, she thought she was receiving a loan document now it turns out that she got a get to which the what is this based on? But well, this is based on the fact that when a woman receives her get, you don't need her das. You don't need her consent and you don't need her intent. Just, and Rabbi, just like Rabbi O'cham ben said that a father goes ahead and marries off his daughter right? He can go ahead and be macabre, get on her behalf, meaning that there need not be das on behalf of the woman when it comes to the get. So therefore, again, same idea. If man gives woman a get, he says to the Aydin, Aydin, it's a get. He says to her, this is a loan document, and she's it based on the idea that it's a loan document. Halacha she is megrashas. It works. It works. To which the Gemara says as follows, thought what would you have thought? It's obvious. In other words, again, yeah, we got it. We don't need a woman's consent or her intent for a get, as you saw in yesterday's death, The only thing you really need is that she has the ability to physically receive the get and at least guard it on some basic level. So, what would you have thought? I might have thought like this. I might have thought in this case where he gives her the document and he says to her. Here is a loan document. I would have thought that perhaps that is the equivalent of a husband being mevatel the get. That again he says to the aidum, this is a get. And then when he gives it to her, he tells her, Here, here's a loan document. I might have thought that what's really happening over here, the husband himself is being mevatel the get. He's negating the get. Come so no, because the Gemara says, if which a husband does have the ability to do, technically speaking, you know, the husband, before the, before the husband gives the wife a get, he has the ability, even though he wrote it, and even though he told witnesses, he's going to give a get, if he has not yet given it to her, he has the ability to nullify it, to which the Gemara says, because if he was going to nullify it, he would have said that to the witnesses. In other words, he wouldn't have said to the witnesses, I'm giving my wife a get, if it was his intention to be mevatol the get, to which the Gemara says amar so why why did he tell her then? Here's here's a loan document. In other words, if he's telling the Aiden, I'm giving my wife a get, and his intention is not to be all the get. So then, why is it that when he hands it over to the Aiden, he said, excuse me, when he hands it over to the to his wife or to assumed to be ex-wife, he says, oh, this is a loan document. To which the Gemara says, Mahmas kisufa He's embarrassed. He's embarrassed. For whatever the reason, he's embarrassed to give his wife a gift. Maybe he's embarrassed for her. He's embarrassed for the witnesses, whatever it might be. And therefore, in order to, I guess, minimize his embarrassment, he goes ahead and he tells her, here, here, this is a loan document. But Allah, the takeaway from this, take away from this, based on Rabbi and Ben Gud our Mishnah, is that you don't have to have a woman's das. When you go ahead and give her her get, to the point ultimately again that if she thinks that she is receiving a loan document, but instead the husband goes in and gives her a get, the get is effective. It was a very interesting case. Rabbi Rabbi barbisna. lost his keys to the base medrash on Shabbos. He lost his keys. So now what's the problem? He knows where he knows where he lost his keys. He, I'm sorry. He knows where he lost his keys, right? But Allah says in So now he has he's unable to go ahead and get it back. So what does he do? So he comes before Rabbi Padas. And Rabbi Padas says to him, Amrelay, zeal top of Kofi Dalid. Sorry, zeal. So I don't have a stable internet where I am. My apologies if it if it goes in and out a little bit. I'm sorry. So the Gemara says, "comes to Rabbi and Rabbi says to him, "Zeal de Bartoli Tali Vitalio for the So listen to this. Eitzah, Rabbi Bedas says, or Bedas says to Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Bisna, "Go take the children out to play. Go take the children." Right, literally again. bartoli Tali means young boys and young girls. Go ahead and take them with the first line on Go ahead and take them to play in the Rosh Hashanah. Ultimately, again, what will happen if they're going to play? And while kids are playing, they inevitably stumble upon things. They'll find your keys, right? They'll find your keys. And Halakhalamaysa they'll give you the keys. Okay. So you'll go ahead and you'll be able to find the keys. So we'll so what's what's happening over this? this is actually quite fascinating. So Rabbi Padas, Rabbi Yitzhak Barbisna lost the keys, asks Rabbi Padas for an Aetsa, and Rabbi Padas essentially tells him, Go take the kids to play. Go take the kids to play. Take them in Rishas Harabim. They'll be they'll find the keys and they'll bring you the keys. They'll bring you the keys. To which the Gemara says, "Alma kasavar." So I will say, what does he hold? Now, again, it must be that what does Rai Bidas hold? So I will say, I just want to point out, what's going to happen over here? The kids are going to find the keys. Then what are the kids going to do? What are the kids going to do? They're going to carry the keys through the Rosh Hasharabim. So essentially what's being set up over here is the kids are being set up to go ahead and do something that's uh, not within the, not even not the spirit, not within the halacha of Shabbos. So I will say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? Says the Gemara. So the Gemara says, kasavar. Mm-hmm. You see from here that halacha What does he hold? Katan ochal mevelos ein based in mitzvah lahafricho. I will say, what do we see from here? We see from here that Allah If a child is eating something not kosher, ultimately again based in is not obligated to separate him from this. Now, I say, this, we're going to get into this sugi now, and this is really quite fascinating. Here's the fundamental shaiva. If you see a child doing something halachically wrong, is an adult obligated to go ahead and intervene and stop the child from doing it. Now, obviously, we're talking about young children over here. Obviously, once a child reaches the age of chinuch, child reaches the age of education, a parent has an obligation to ensure that the child lives at least to the best of their ability in accordance with halacha. But if a very, very small child who's not at the age of chinuch, and I see the child doing something wrong, am I, are we obligated, the discussion is based in, right? Are we obligated to intervene, and stop the child from doing the usher activity. So I will say, it seems from here, based on what Rabbi Pedas as Rabbi Itzkot, that the answer to that is no. Because Halachalam Isa, again, here, Rabbi, right, Rabbi Pidas, Rabbi Pidas is saying Rabbi Itzkot, take the kids to play Rosh Hasharabim, take them to play. Why are you taking them to play Rosh Why? Why? Because I want them to find the keys. When they find the keys by definition, what does that mean? They're gonna carry the keys through Rishos Harabin, And yet Halachalam Isa, we're encouraging that. So let's say, bring, bring a support to this. So let's say, let's bring a support to this. So bring a support to this. bring a support to this. So ahead and say, a child to this. bring a person should not a key or bring me a seal. bring a a if by definition this will require the child to carry it through Rusha HaRabim, a public domain. So we'll say, but rather what? You can go ahead and leave it, and if the child uproots it, or he leaves it, or he throws it. What, what does this mean? Amr Abaye, Tolesh, so we'll say the idea over here is, so we'll, we'll define that phrase in just a moment, Ella manicho Tolesh, manicho Zorek. You can leave it, if The kid uproots it, he uproots it. You can leave it. If the kid throws it, he throws it. So, I will say once again, what does this sound like? I can't actively instruct a child to go ahead and do something that is us, but if the child does it on his own, then I am permitted to go ahead and benefit from it. So, I will say this seems to be a proof to Rabbi Padas. So, just to be clear, Rabbi Padas is this opinion. Who is saying that halokha l'maysa, halokha l'maysa, there is no problem? I don't have an obligation to stop a child from doing something that is asr. I can't actively facilitate. I can't actively. I can't actively command, but I can benefit from it once it's being done. To which the gemara says that price is not a raya. Rabbi tolish zorik bay says that, no, that's not a good raya because that case actually that you just quoted could be dealing with dina dirabanon De Rabbinic law. What's the case? The case is where the child is uprooting from an atzit shenukh, we haven't actually seen this in a long time, a non perforated, an unperforated flower pot. Shabbos say, unperforated flower pot, anything that's planted in there is not really considered to be attached to the ground because it's an unperforated pot. It's a self contained, self standing pot. So if a child were to uproot something, let's say you're growing something, they pull a cucumber out of that on Shabbos, technically that's an isadirah or a Carmelis, which is a large area that looks like a Rosh Hashanah, but is not, is only rabbinically prohibited. So may, Gemara suggested maybe the Mara suggests maybe the Bryce is talking about where the Khatan is doing rabbinically prohibited activities. Maybe that's the case where if the Katan does it, I, the adult, am not obligated to intervene. But perhaps in a Da'araisa case, I would be obligated to intervene. So we'll say let's go weiter. We're gonna we're going we're gonna talk about this more. So i will say this is really this this is a very riveting sugya. So Rabbi Piddas is on record as saying that Although you can't instruct a child to do an avera to do something that is aser, if the child is already doing it, and I, the adult, perhaps I'm, I'm the beneficiary of it, or even if I'm not the beneficiary of it. I have no obligation to intervene to stop them from doing. I can't ask the katan to do it. I can't command the katan to do it. But once they're doing it, I have no obligation to go and intervene and stop them. So let's analyze. Tashma. Here we go. If a non-Jewish was, let's say shalom, there's a fire in my house on Shabbos. So now what happens? My non-Jewish neighbor comes over and wants to put it out. And wants to put it out. So, most remember again, technically speaking, a person, a Jew who has a fire in their house on Shabbos can't extinguish that fire. Now, the truth is, that's presupposing that the fire only causes, only poses a material risk and not sakana snafajas, right? We do contemporarily. We have electricity, we have gas lines. If there's a fire in your house, every single fire is a sakana. Put it out, put it out. The Jew put it, put it out yourself. Don't, don't wait, don't wait for a guy, don't wait. That's, but again, the Yomar is dealing with a case where technically speaking, let's say there's a fire in one's house and the only issue is a monetary loss. The only, that's the only issue over there is a monetary loss. So what's the halachov? So obi kochavim, ain't lo kabe. if an ovid comes along, I will say, I can't tell him, I can't instruct him to extinguish the fire, but I also don't have to tell him not to extinguish the fire. <laughs> so again, so I, I, I can't tell him to do it. Cause again, that's Amir al-Nahri. We'll speak to the Smicha guys. We spent a lot of time on Amir al-Nahri. So that's instructing an Anjut to do because I can't instruct him to do it, but at the same time, if he's coming of his own volition, I don't have to tell him to stop. I don't have to tell him to stop to which the Gemara says, Why? because ultimately, again, I don't have an obligation to make sure, there's, there's no obligation for me to ensure that the Akum keeps Shabbos, right? In other words, there's no, there's no Shabbos for the Akum. So if he's coming of his own volition, I can't tell him to put it out, but I also don't have to tell him to stop. However, oh, but if a Katan comes along and wants to put out the fire, here, I have to tell the katan to stop. Then I both say, why? Because I have an obligation to make sure that the katan keeps Shabbos. This seems to contradict Rabbi Padas, because Rabbi Padas is of the opinion that when a katan... Keep, keep on remember again, we're going to be focusing on this position of Rabbi Pedas, quoted on the last line of Kofiud Gimel Days 113b, where Rabbi Padas said... That if a cotton is doing an Aveira, I don't have an obligation to intervene and stop him. Yet, here the Gimar explicitly says, if the cotton comes to put out the fire on Shabbos, I have an obligation to stop him. To why? Because again, I have to make sure the cotton keeps Shabbos. I'm no, 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 it's a different case. Oh, we'll say, what's the case over there? When the kid shows up, he's putting out the fire. Why? Because he knows his father wants him to do it. He knows his father wants, look at Rashi. But the third line from the Taparashi But osa al das aviv, shatino psofe ba aviv. The child is looking at his father. The roa shenoch lo and the child sees that his father. His father wants him to put out the fire. Va aviv omei dalov, and the father is standing there. The Gemara says the havi kilu it's as if the father's commanding his son to do this. So I'm say, this is incredible. First of all, what, what, what are you sowing What's the case over here? The cotton is coming to put out the fire. Why is he putting out the fire? Because he knows that this is what his father wants him to do. And ultimately, again, the father's standing there. So this is a case where the child is acting because he believes that this is what the parent wants them to do. If the child is doing this because this is what he believes the parent wants him to do, then what? It's as if the parent is instructing him. And even Rabbi Pedas agrees that you can't instruct a katan to do malacha. If the katan doesn't have his own volition, you don't have to stop him, but you can't instruct him. We'll say that's the case. I'll, say I'll, I'll point that over here, something, something so incredibly beautiful. Now we'll say, if you look at Loshan of Rashi, Rashi says over here, Rashi says over here. The child is looking at his father, and he sees that his my father wants me to put out the fire. saying, "What does a child want more than anything? What does a child want more than anything? A child wants to please his father." A child wants to know that his father is happy with him. A child wants to know that his father is pleased with him. So the Rebbe say, and by the way, it's not just true in Yivam, Yivam is Each of us are children to our Baruch Hu. And Rebbe was at the end of the day, what do I want most out of life? What do I want most out of life? I just want to know that my father is happy with me. Right? Isn't that what I want to know? I want to to know that when you look down at me and you see my life and you see the way that I'm living, are you happy with me? Are you happy with me? At the end of the day, every child looks at his father. And I just want to see when I look at my father, is my father happy with the person I have become? Is my father happy with the decisions I'm making? Is my father happy with what I am doing in life? Absolutely incredible. So therefore say the says it's not a good rayo Because again, here it's as if the child is explicitly being instructed by the father. To which the Imar says, the kava gabi ovi kocham the also so I'm shari. So because again, same idea. That's why, by the way, halo ma what about by Ovid Kohavim? Let's say an Ovid Kohavim shows up. So we just said before that as long as I'm not instructing the Ovid Kohavim to put out the fire, he's acting on his own volition. And that's fine. But why, why don't I have the same worry over here that Allah the Ovid Kohavim will see that I'm happy with what he's doing. And La again, it's as if he's acting on my behalf. To which the Yimar says, no, no, no. I will say, again, without getting into all of the halachos of Amiru Nachri, which again, you'll speak to this, we learned this already. We assume that unless explicitly instructed, the Ovid Kochavim is operating for his own benefit. Whether he knows he's going to get, Rashi says over here, See, the Ovid Gochavim knows at the end of the day, when he puts out that fire in a Yiddish home, in a Jewish home, what's going to happen? He's going to get some nice reward at the end of the day. Therefore, halach ha so what he does, he does for his own benefit. Okay, Tashma, so we'll say, let's get back focused. We're still focused on one central idea. Rabbi Pidas said, if I see a child doing an avera, Bezdin is not obligated to go ahead and intervene and prevent the child from doing the Avera. So that's what we're focused on. To which the Gemara says, here we go. So let's say you the following case. You have a Chavar. We'll call him, we'll call him Yaakov. Yaakov is a khaver. Haver means he's a Tam Chacham. Very careful. Okay, Yaakov has a son, Ruvain, right? Ruvain has a grandfather, right? He goes to his maternal grandfather. We'll call him Yitzchak, right? Yitzchak is an Amaretz. Yitzchak is an Amaretz, which means that he is not careful in Shumas and Maestras. So we'll say, so now you have the grandson, Ruvain going to his grandfather, Yitzchak, now what happens? So the halacha is that he can go. Shem yachi, shem yachi lenu, you don't have to worry since Yitzchak the grandfather knows. Since the grandfather knows that his grandson, right, his son-in-law and his grandson, are careful for chumas and maisons, so Yitzchak is going to make sure to have the kosher food. You know, he's going to make sure that when he serves his grandson food, that he's going to serve him food that's properly tithed. So watch this. I will say, what happens if little Ruven comes home and his father Yitzchak finds that there are peros, that there are peros, right? And then ultimately, again, that there are, there's fruit in his hand. So I will say, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. enough don't have to take away the fruit from Reuven out of concern that maybe it's untithed produce. So I will say, what do you see from here? Chances are most produce is not tithed. And yet, you see now Rubain, this kid, has potentially untied produce. The Gemara says we're not obligated to step in and take out the produce away from him. So we'll say this seems to support Rabbi Padas, because again, here you have a child potentially engaging in illegal activity, right? Sinful activity. And yet, you don't have to stop him from doing so. To which the Gemara says, not a akilu. So we'll say, no, it could be that this is a case of demai. We'll say, remember again, what's demai? Demai is the produce of an ama'aretz. So the halacha is we, for, we make you retithe that produce, but that's only a din mid Midaraisa, one is not obligated to do so. Dirabanan, we tell you to tithe it again. So once again, what do we see over here? That you you could be makel with the cotton with the dirabanan, but that doesn't tell me I could be with the cotton with the daraysa. Elatayma de demaihu by this so say it's only because it's demai. But if I knew for sure that Allah the cotton was holding untied produce, real tavel, I would not just be able to allow him to eat it, but rather, again, I would be obligated to go ahead and retie it. B'am Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan says ba'ose al das aviv. I have, a Rabbi Yochanan himself said in the previous case ba'ose al das aviv. So I'll say it's interesting in the previous case. Rabbi Yochanan, said so we're talking about a Katan ultimately again who came to put out the fire and he was doing it because he knew his father wanted to. So there is Asr. There is Asr. Here we're saying that you don't have to take away the produce from because you could just assume it's demai. So what's going on over here? I will say here's very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan himself, Rabbi Yochanan himself wasn't sure about that. Do we follow Rabbi Pedas or don't we follow Rabbi Pedas? And therefore, again, hachamatri, sorry, kai hachamatri, kai hachamatri. Essentially, just tries to upshlug, just tries to refute every single proof. But his personal position, ultimately, again, is not clear. So I will say, so again, we're still exactly where we were. We have a statement of Rabbi Pedas. What's the statement of Rabbi Pedas? That halacha if you go ahead and you see a child committing an avera, based is not obligated, meaning... Adults aren't obligated to intervene and prevent him from doing so. That's all, you can let him do his thing. And by the way, not only that, even if I'm going to be the beneficiary of that, of that Avera, I'm still allowed to let him do it. I can't instruct him to do it. And I can't go ahead and, you know, non-verbally communicate him that this is what I want him to do. And if it's clear that the kid is doing this, on my behalf, I can't I have to shut that down. So we're trying to see is Rai right, us, correct or incorrect. So Tashma, here we go. Ben Khaver Koin Etzel Avi Imo Koin Ama So we'll say if you have the son of a Kohen, right, who's a Chavar, which means this is a coin, once again, who is very careful with Tumantara, very careful with all of the Halachos. And this, right? But yet the coin has a father-in-law who is also a Kohen, who's an Ama Aretz. So the grandson, the grandson could go to his grandfather, who is a coin, Amaretz. And in chosheshin Shem Yachidana Tshumatmeah. We're not concerned that because the grandfather is an Amaretz, that's what, that he's going to come to feed his grandson, Tshumatmeah. On the other hand, matzabi adoperos. similarly, again, if you go ahead and let's say the grandson comes back and now you find Peros in the grandson's hand, you don't have to take away the produce from him, and you need not be concerned that maybe it's Shuma Tamer something else. So I will say, once again, you, this seems to support Rabbi Padas, to which the Gemara says, no, we could be talking about Shuma and then I will say, everyone agrees that when it comes to an Israel for sure there's no need to go ahead and separate the child from performing that. So still, let's go back there. Tashma supposed Tinok to listen to this. A child, a Tinok is a very young child, could go ahead and nurse from a non-Jewish woman, maybe from a non-Jewish animal, And we will say, and we're not, and we're not concerned that the child is nursing from an impure source. It's an interesting case. Even though again you have a non-Jewish woman or or a non-kosher animal, if the child nurses from from the non-Jewish woman or or the non-kosher animal, it's okay. We don't stop it. Even though again, what?" these are quote unquote non-kosher sources. However, shkatzen veramasim. However, but alokhala myself, you can't actively feed the child something not kosher. So if the child goes on his own and nurses from the non-Jewish woman, nurses from the non-Kosher animal, you don't have to stop it. But Lamaise, you can't actively feed the child something not kosher. <speaking in Hebrew> and I will say you can nurse from any of these, right, either non-Jewish woman or non-Kosher animals, even on Shabbos. Even on Shabbos. I will say we're going to see that Halacha Maisa. So especially nursing from an animal on Shabbos could be problematic. The Isra of gush of Mefarik, We'll get into this in just a moment. we So we'll say in this case, Godal doesn't mean an adult like it normally means. In this case, Godal means an older child. That whereas a Katon in this case, Tinok means a baby. So Godal means like a toddler. Someone a little bit older will be But a Godal ultimately, again, these things will be asr. Again, we'll see what that means in just a moment. Abishol, Abishol says, Abishol said, we used, to, we used to drink straight from the animal, right? Straight from the udder of the animal on Yumtiv. Okay, we'll have to see what exactly is going on over there, right? But so we'll, we'll come back to that case. So the Gemara says as follows. So, so we'll say, what's, what's our takeaway from this? In other words, what, what, what do I get from this Gemara? In Choshishin, the yonik Shegets. So we'll say, but what do you see from here? That if the child goes over to a non jewish woman and nurses, or more, more better for us, the child goes over to a non-kosher animal and nurses from the non-kosher animal, then Allah, you don't have to stop him. So what do you see from here? Well say that's an issid. So isa. again, eating non-kosher. So again, yet you don't have to stop the child. You don't have to stop the child. It seems as part of Pedas, To which the owner says, No, no, no. sakhana. That's different. We're talking about a baby who needs to drink, who needs to eat. There's an element of sakana if the baby doesn't do so. So, of course, it's motor. One second, sakana. If that's the case, we're talking about sakana, then halakhala even, maysi, even an older child should be permitted. We'll say something very interesting. Here's the difference. Gadol by umdina. So, you might say, here's the difference. A gadol, before you go ahead and you let a toddler eat something not kosher, you need an umdina. We'll say umdina means that halakhala You need like an assessment. So first of all, both an assessment as to whether or not the, really the assessment is, does the child need the milk now? Or could we wait after Shabbos and secure other sources of milk? That, that's really the fundamental question. How, why doesn't the child, why doesn't the baby also require an assessment? Very simple. When you have a baby, right, a baby needs milk. And if a baby doesn't get milk, that's considered to be an immediate sakana. Therefore, halal say again, the baby doesn't need an umdina. So, therefore, I both say this case is not a proof. Us. We thought it was a proof us because here you have the baby nursing from a non kosher source, right? And we don't have to shut it down, we don't have to shut it down. Hamash mulan, it's a case of sakana, okay? To which the emigrant oh, is so Abishol says. So now we're going to get caught up a little bit in some of these other pieces. Right, Abashal says we used to go ahead and nurse. Right? Not nurse. We used to. We used to drink directly from the animal on yomtiv. So hechi What's going on over here? So eat the sakana. If there was sakana, there nothing else to eat. Okay. First we'll say first wide line. Then I feel the besham is nami then even on Shabbos, ultimately, again, such a thing should be permitted. And if there's no Sakana, ultimately, again, it should be Aser. And we'll say, what's the case? Ultimately, again, it is a case of Tsar. It is a case of Tsar. And I will say, listen to this. So it's a case of Tsar, where there, where there was Tsar, there was discomfort, And I will say, remember again, the issue of milking an animal on Shabbos is an issue of mefarik, of dosh, of threshing. Just very quickly, just like when you thresh, you go ahead and you separate out the wheat from the chaff, or as you say, the kernels from the chaff. So the act of removing milk from the animal is considered to be dush, considered to be threshing. So the Gemara says as follows, but yet when you drink directly from the udder of the animal, this is considered to be doing the malacha of mefarik or dash with a shinui, with a change. So the Gemara says Shabbos, so the Gemara says Shabbos, the Isra so Shabbos, where again, normally if you perform an act of dash, of mefarik, there's an Isra stoning. Rabbanon. In that case, Rabbanon where gozer. Yomtiv, de'ilu lav, the Isra lav Yomtiv where there's only a lav, lo be So we'll say that's the case. So therefore, Allah Chalamaysa, Allah Abba Abishol says, we used to nurse, We I keep saying nurse, we used to drink, directly from the animal on yomtiv. It was a case where there was Tsar, where there was difficult, there was sar. Therefore, again, it was an act of dash with a shinui on yomtiv, and it will be permitted. But on Shabbos, such a thing would not be permitted. Okay, Tashma, lo so, so the Pasek says over here, lo so ki Torah's talking about over here, consumption of any creepy, crawly things. So the Torah says, don't eat it, don't eat it, because it is a sheketz. Because it is a sheket, it's disgusting. To which the Gemara says something very interesting. Lo lo The way you could also read that Rabbah says not just simply lo but rather not just don't eat it, but what? Don't feed it. Don't feed it. Teaching me that I can't feed something prohibited to a child. This teaches me that an adult can't go ahead and feed something not kosher to a child. My love, the lo sochlu. So I will say, ultimately again, is this not that I have an obligation if I see the child eating something not kosher, that I have an obligation to step in and tell the child to stop? In other words, I will say, aren't we seeing over here that isa I have an obligation to stop the child from eating something not kosher? This seems to contradict Rabbi Pradas. Lo. Blissfully be no, if I see the child doing it on their own, excuse me, I can't actively feed the child something not kosher. But if I see the child doing it on their own, I have no obligation to stop them from doing so. So the mark goes right there. Tashma. Basik says, a person can't eat blood. So we'll say this comes to also tell me that adults are responsible for children. My Okay. I will say, does it not mean that if I see my child eating blood, a lot of problems, if I see my child eating blood, but Lamaisa again, if I see my child eating blood, I have an obligation to stop them. This contradicts Rabbi Padas, to which the No, 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 what it means is, you can't feed your kid blood. That you can't do, good to know. But again, if I see them eating it, if I see them eating it, I don't have an obligation to prevent them from doing those. So this, this supports Rabbi Pedas to which the Gemara goes right to Tashma, emar v'emar toh, l'hasir gidole ma'alakitanem, so I will say, parashas emar, parashas emar, the Kohanim can't become Tame. so the Gemara says, Mr of double ocean of Mr. teaches me that adults have an obligation to prevent children from becoming tame. my love, damar Tamu. so I will say, doesn't this mean if I'm a Kohen and I see my kid running into a cemetery, I have to tell them, yell at them, stop, stop, not yell at them, tell them nicely, stop, don't go into the cemetery, to which the No, what it means is that I can't actively make my child tummy. say, so therefore again, it turns out, sorry, that we have that we have three different halachas over here. Three different halachas, all seemingly teaching me the same exact thing, which is that halacha alamisa, halacha if I see my child doing something that is asir. I don't have an obligation to go ahead and step in and stop them. I just have, a, I, I'm just not permitted to what? Actively facilitate the performance of a love. That's what I can't do. Shabbos said, the Shaila is, why do I need three different things? Three different Limudim teach me the same thing. I'll say, The says, the and if you would have just told me the Halacha by non-kosher, creepy, crawly things, that although if my kid's eating it, I don't have to stop them. But Allah, I can't actively feed them. If you were to tell me that, I would say, base. Because I say, here's the difference, is that ultimately, again, when it comes to Shkatsim, ultimately, remember, even the tiniest amount is going to be amalo, But I will say, Dam, where again, I'm only hired for Dam. If you consume a revius of Dam, perhaps the should not be like this. If I just said Dam, Dam, there's an Isr but by it's Allah, not We actually just mishum, because ultimately, again, their Israel applies to everyone. In and dam, everyone has the din. but tuma only applies to kohanim emalo. me, because kohanim have a lot of extremists. About honey, emolo, But again, maybe by dam and by shkats and maybe not. Therefore, tzuchah, say for us, I need all three cases. Us, but I want to be clear. The common denominator amongst all three cases is what? That halacha la maysa, I am not permitted to actively facilitate my child's commission of an aver. Or for that matter, a, it doesn't have to be my kid. A katan's commission of an aver. So I can't feed a katan dam. I can't feed a katan shratzim, and if I'm a kohen, I can't drop off my kid for cemetery daycare, right? I can't go ahead and put the kid in a cemetery. That I can't do. But la l'maysa, if the child is eating blood on his own, eating shkatzim on his own, little kohen is playing in the cemetery on his own, I am not obligated to intervene and stop that. And I both say, see, under normal circumstances, you think to yourself, why wouldn't I intervene? But l'maysa, if there is some benefit I am getting through the commission of this Avera, I am permitted to get that benefit. I'm going say that is the position of Rabbi Pedas as espoused on Kofi Gimel Gimbal Omen Beis, and that is how the Gimar is coming out. So let's go weiter. We're not finished. Tashma, shnei I'm going say we're not back. It sounds like we're back to Iban, but we're not yet back to Iban. Watch this. Shnei achin. You have two brothers. Echad Pikeach ve One is a Pikeach, one is a Chirish. Nisuin she'achayos pichos married to two pichos. Two, we'll call it regular, regular typical, typical, sister, typical sisters. Mese cheresh ba So we'll say, what happens if the cheresh husband husband dies? Ma'iyase biqueach ba pikachas. Ultimately, again, what should the other surviving brother, who's the biqueach married to the pikachas, what should he do? Teitzimishum achosishas. So that's an easy case. No yibam, no chalitza. Why? Because wife's sister. Wife's sister. Okay, now watch this. So the Gemara says, <speaking in Hebrew> What happens if the pikeach husband married to the pikachas dies? Mayas achirish ishto beget asura Olam. So we'll say. So remember again, this is the interesting case where remember. So now you have the pikeach brother, brother, normal brother, married to normal wife. Okay, and now what happens? I'm sorry. That Right now, what happens? Now, so typical wife falls to the Chirish surviving brother, right? And the Chirish surviving brother himself is also married to a Bikach. So i say, now what's my problem? My problem is the Chirish's marriage to his Bikach wife is a Dirabanan, and yet Yibum is a Da'oraisa. So what does he do? So in this case, Moti is He has to divorce his wife with a get, right? The them, but yet... Ultimately, again, the Yivama will be Asar. Ultimately, as the sister of his divorcee. To which the Yivama says, but why? Why make the Khirish divorce his wife? After all, again, we'll say, a Chirish is like a katan. It's like a katan. And ultimately, my What a great shayla! Why do you make the Khirish divorce his wife? Just leave him alone. Khirish is like a katan. We just got finished saying that what? That a katan who's eating nevelas, a katan who's eating something not kosher, I'm not obligated to intervene. I can't facilitate the consumption. I can't encourage him to do it. I can't ask him to do it. But once he's doing it, it's fine. So I don't say something over here. Let the Khairish remain married to his wife. And we're done. To which the Gemara says, you're right. Here's the problem. Mishum Isura dida." That works fine for the Khirish, But the, in the case in question over here, the khirish is married to a pikachas, a typical regular woman. She will have a problem in this marriage. Therefore, again, the divorce is really necessary for her. Good. Tashma, shnei achin pechin So if you have two typical brothers, two regular brothers married to two regular sisters, I should say two sisters, achas pikachas va achas One is the pikachas, one is a kharashas, makes pikach hareshas. If the Pikach husband dies, who's married to the Kharashas, Maya Ba Pikachas, what should the Pikach, the surviving Pikach brother, do? Easy. no problem. There's no Yibom no chalitza, because the Khiresh Yivama is the sister of his wife. And therefore, again, no Yibom no chalitza. May' Ba However, what happens if the Pikach brother dies? So now the Pikachas Yivama falls to her Pikach brother-in-law, who's married to the Kharashas. What should he do? He has to divorce his wife with the get, because ultimately, again, that's a rabbinic marriage. And he does chalitza with his sister in law. Same thing. Why does he have to divorce his wife? Let him remain married to his wife. She's like a katan or a kitano. And she has no problem staying in this marriage. To which the Gemara says, He writes, He writes, in Achinami, Rabbi say, "You're right. You're right, but here's the problem." I'm sorry, Yisrael. The day, ultimately, again, the husband' lover problem. Else the wife, there's no problem because she's a chareshes, no problem. But the husband who is a bkeach would have a problem remaining in this marriage. Beautiful, says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Amar Rava Tashma. Shnei Achin, Echad Chereish veEchad Bkeach. Two brothers, one's a chereish, one's a bkeach. Married to two sisters. Achos va vaachos chareshes. So the cherish is married to a chareshes. The pikach is married to a to a pikachos. Here we go. Mei cherish pa chareshes. If the cherish who's married to the chareshes dies, mayas Pikach pa Pikachas. So what should the surviving pikach yavam do? What should he do? That's an easy one. No, Yibam, no Chalitza, because it's his sister's wife. So I say may speak. But if the Piquech husband dies, Piquech brother dies, and now the Piquechah's wife falls to him, what should the Chereish brother do? Moti is He divorces his wife at the get. The Eishes And ultimately, again, his sister, his and and I'm sorry, and the Yufamahs astim forever. I vahahacha love isura isura say here's a case where both members of the couple are cheresh. If that's the case, why not just allow them to remain in the marriage? To which the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry. Sorry. So the love isura diday ego, the isura. People will get confused if you look at Rashi very quickly. Look at the last Rashi in the parak. Top of Kofiyod, Dalit, second line, Dami Shum Atar Atarzivam, Lashok, Diamrinon, Taysiv, Haresh, as Gabe Kheresh. Lo Yadi Inish the time will say if you allow them to remain remarried, the problem is going to come up. Is that people won't realize the reason you're allowing them to remain married is because as a chairish and a Rather, again, They'll think that the kiddushion of a pushes aside the zekah that he has to a and you could end up creating an incredibly wrong impression a wrong understanding when it comes to Yibom. That's what they have to say. So Rebos, I, again, just to kind of bring this together, you should just know, we paskin like Rabbi Pedas. We like Rabbi Pidas. Or we paskin like the idea of katon o'cham If you see a child committing an avera, and Rebo said, let's be honest, I, the adult, may be benefiting from that avera. I have no obligation to stop them. No obligation to stop them. But how sorry, so but the say, what can't I do? Number one, I obviously can't actively encourage. That's Aleph. And Bays, even without actively encouraging, if it's clear that the child is doing this because the child knows that this is what I, the adult, want, I am obligated to shut that down as well. They will say incredible, incredible Mazel tov, Hadran, Aloch, Cherei, Say wow, so beautiful to finish a parak. and Emirat Hashem. I look forward to being back with you live tomorrow morning, Emirat Sashem. and Emirat Hashem will be to begin the new parak on Aleph Tamuz. I will say Shkoyach, incredible death, incredible day, and a good chayis.